0: daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. If you are watching our YouTube channel, you are seeing that we are joined by a special guest, Jonathan Schaefer of Local 5, Channel 5, WOI in Iowa. Um, he's down in Orlando right now covering both the Cyclones and the Iowa Hawkeyes. He also joined us a couple weeks ago to talk about Xavier, which is a lot of fun. We talked a lot about Des Moines recruiting, which w- was a huge hit with uh, with our listener base. We definitely appreciate that. And we're going to talk about all the Iowa Hawkeye stuff because the game is tomorrow. We've been waiting for this for a month. It feels like it's <laughs> been forever after that disastrous loss <laughs> in Michigan, which is just really rough. Before we get to all of that, though, I want to thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Your first listen every single day you can find the locked on hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at by searching locked on hawkeyes podcasting and on youtube and also this episode is brought to you by netsuite netsuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth head over to netsuite.com locked on ncaa for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses all right, Jonathan. We've already restarted once because I couldn't figure out how to do an introduction. But we are here. The Citrus Bowl is tomorrow. But first, before we get to all of that, how are you doing in that hot and humid Florida climate?
1: You know, I'm out of my element up here. I'm a I'm an upper Midwest guy. Dial up twenties and teens this time of year, and I'm perfect. You get me down to here, and well, I haven't stopped sweating since I got off the plane on Sundays or Monday. So it's been a it's been a battle through the heat. But you know what? I'll take it. It's not it's not the worst thing in the world, but uh you know, some good football along the way too.
0: Yeah, it could be a worse situation. I actually, it's funny you say that because in Denver right now, we had like 19 degree temperatures yesterday and I went to the gym in athletic shorts and a t-shirt and I walked in and they're like, are you insane? Are you a <laughs> lunatic? And I was like, I'm from Iowa? Like, I, does, that, does that count for anything? Like, I'm used to, I can survive anything for five, 10 minutes in, in cold weather. That's not a huge deal. I'm just kind of used to it. So it seems like that's kind of your case as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was one of those kids in high school that, you know, you park hat, half mile away from the school and then you'd wear the shorts and the hoodie and you're good, you know? So shorts in the winter was never a weird thing to me. I, I'd rock shorts right now back in Des Moines. I
0: could. Yeah, I, I get you, man. It's, it, must be, <laughs> it must be an Iowa thing, a Midwestern kid thing. Uh, I'm mean, like, yes, same exact thing. I totally understand that. Um, so you're <laughs> down here, though. You're covering the Cyclones and Iowa. Um, this is not a Cyclone podcast. I will say out of most people that are listening to the show, I'm probably more uh, – appreciative of the Cyclones. I do want the state of Iowa to do well. I want them to do worse than Iowa, but I want the Cyclones to do well <laughs> ultimately. But yesterday was kind of a bad showing. Um, they lose to Clemson. Clemson having a very down year, but still yeah. kind of generally controlled that game. Uh, any thoughts on that game uh, before we get into the Iowa game?
1: Yeah, really quick. I mean, it's crazy to say Clemson's having a down year with 10 wins now, but uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see. I thought you know Iowa State competed the best they could um, Matt Campbell really summed it up. You lose Mike Rose, you don't have Reese Hall, you don't have Aishim Young, playing with a lot of guys that are more built for their future than they are in this moment. And, and so they hung tough. Um, neither offense was very impressive, to be quite honest. None, neither of them could stretch the field. And I think that's just kind of uh, the nature of both of those defenses really better and very stout. So uh, a lot of respect for what Clemson does. I think Iowa State's got a bright future with some of those pieces like Dylan Knoll. Um, you got a guy in Bo Fryler at safety who showed up big time yesterday. And so it's, it's a testament to the job Matt Campbell's done in, in his recruiting trails. Um, certainly not the way that senior class wants to go out, but uh, nonetheless, still, you played Clemson, you played Notre Dame two years ago, and you played Oregon. Pretty pretty big name uh, programs for Iowa State to be facing off against some bowl games the
0: last three years. Yeah, I mean, a decade ago that would not have been thought of. So, I mean, you have to respect what Matt Campbell has done with that program, even if, you know, they didn't have the season they wanted to, uh, still a tough team. Nevertheless, um, shout out to Brock Purdy. I thought Brock Purdy has been uh, an amazing quarterback throughout his tenure, a terrible way to yeah, end your career cool. as a cycle. I mean, just uh, I cannot imagine that being your last play of college football is you are scrambling for a first down. You get a first down. You have room to potentially run even more. Oh. You fumble and recover behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, just a, a terrible way to go. Uh, but really, I mean, really awesome credit to what Matt Campbell has been able to do, making Iowa State relevant to this point. I had two questions from some things I saw on Twitter for you. Uh, do you have any issues with Iowa fans going to an Iowa State game? Or an <laughs> Iowa show? It doesn't bother it me at all, but seemingly
1: it pisses some people off. There's there's always one in the crowd. I gotta say there's always a Hawkeye at a Cyclones game, and I'm I'm gonna tell you now there's gonna be Cyclones at the Hawkeyes game on on Saturday. It's just how it goes. I don't have a problem with it. You know, maybe don't just be as boisterous as some of them might be, but you know, it's it's all good nature, fun. We're all Iowans at heart, and most of the Iowa fans I know that go to the Iowa State games actually root for the Cyclones in those situations. I just want to rep the Hawkeyes.
0: Yeah. And that, that's, I mean, that's how I would be. I would, yeah. I don't know if I'd go as far as wearing an Iowa shirt. I might just wear like an all black shirt, right? There like, you go. Like one time I went to a Wisconsin game versus Nebraska when I was living in Madison <laughs> and I just wore a red shirt. I didn't wear anything with like names on it. I could, couldn't get to that point, but right. I had to at least pretend like I was there in the crowd. Um, but yeah, I typically are supportive of Iowa's. I think on Twitter, we see the 5% of people who are uh, just not maybe the, they can do whatever they want behind the screen. So here we are. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> a little bit ridiculous. Well, let's talk about the Citrus Bowl, though. Iowa getting to play Kentucky, um, quite an interesting matchup. I feel like uh, Kentucky has a lot of speed. They can be very yeah. explosive on offense. Uh, defensively, their pass rush is very good. So let's maybe start there. Uh, there were some concerns from the Kentucky side that Josh Pascal might be injured, might be out. It sounds like he was at practice yesterday. Do you, Have you heard anything on that at all?
1: I haven't heard a ton on that yet. Uh, we didn't get a chance to get over to the media or the press availability with the coordinators yesterday, but I think we'll find out more from Coach Stoops tomorrow on his status with the coaches press conference Friday morning. And Kirk Ferentz, obviously, will give an update on any injury reports with them, too. But I think, you know, if, if he can't go, that's that's a game changer in a, in a lot of ways. So it'll be interesting. But I mean, yeah, you're right. This is a really good Kentucky team. Gotta remember, they opened the season with six straight wins, then went on that little skid. Uh, against some of the sec's better teams out there uga obviously the big one but uh, a kentucky team that coach Stoops hasn't really rolling right now and, and so i think you should be afraid of them especially if you are iowa and you haven't really been able to move the ball the last handful of games
0: it is concerning and when you look at iowa not being able to move the ball there's a couple interesting quotes that kind of came out this past week brian ferentz i think has made note of the fact that they're looking at changes going mm-hmm. into next offseason um what a what a a weird thing to say right before the bowl game, <laughs> and also saying that basically we're just going to commit to doing what we've always been doing before the bowl game, and then we're going to make changes next year. I'm really curious. What are your thoughts on what changes they possibly could be making? I mean, from I think when people get upset at Brian Ferentz, it's it's probably slightly inappropriate because this is ultimately Kirk Ferentz's team. Yeah, right? that's guys the plays, but this is Kirk Ferentz's offense. Uh, right. What do you think they're going to do though?
1: Uh, I, I really hope it's not the predictable three-yard run, three-yard run, screen pass, punt kind of deal we've grown accustomed to over the last two decades. But, um, you know, I think future-wise, I think Brian Ferentz goes to a dual-threat quarterback. I think that's the name of the game right now. Um, you realize the dynamic offenses in the Big Ten even are dual threats. You know, gone are the days of loading up with two tight ends, a fullback and a running back. Not saying a fullback doesn't have a place, but it's got to be different. you got to into the rpo game a little bit more i think that's where you know brock purdy was able to thrive with iowa state was that rpo um imagine what a a guy like padilla maybe even spencer petras could do but i think that's where you go as a, a dual threat most of these kids coming out of high school are dynamic athletes now they're not just pocket passers and and even the nfl games going that way with mahomes and you know you got all these guys justin herbert that's the same way um so i think you have to kind of embrace that aspect of using your quarterback
0: is another threat on the ground. Hey y'all, we need to quickly pause the conversation with Jonathan to tell you a quick story that could help your business. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And with NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. So for the new years, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. That's right. Head over to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That is netsuite.com slash locked. And again, thank you all for making the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find us wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. And also make sure to check out the ultimate college football playoff preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview is live now. Yeah, and I think for those of you that are frustrated by Brian Ferentz, and I've been frustrated at times by Brian Ferentz and his play calling, I will say since he's taken over, though, Iowa has done some things that I would have yep. never expected Iowa to do offensively. Um, the Wildcat may not have been the most effective uh, play set yeah. that they had, but the fact that Iowa had a running back line up and take a snap is honestly, like, revolutionary for the Hawks. They, uh, we've seen a lot more end-arounds incorporated. Even the last couple of games, they haven't yep. worked, but we've seen some a half-back pass that, could have had Michigan on the, I mean, a uh, ropes early. You just kind of throw a knock, a, a punch there a little bit. They didn't get it, but a halfback pass, we don't see those on the Hawks. So maybe we see a little bit more of that. You mentioned the mobile quarterbacks, and then also the fact that Brian Ferentz, they have not named a quarterback yet. So I'm, there's a lot of things to unpack with that. I want to quickly cover the fact that when you look at Iowa's incoming quarterback recruits, yes, yeah, Spencer mm-hmm. Petras is a tree. I've, I've honestly don't know if I've seen anyone. So immobile. I mean, Nate Stanley was relatively immobile, but that guy could get out of the pocket a little bit. Yeah. Spencer doesn't look like he knows what he's doing when he tries to get out of the pocket, which is which is unfortunate. Has a great arm. Alex yeah. Padilla a bit more mobile. Joey Labas Labas uh, significantly more mobile from what we understand uh, than Spencer Petras. Uh, Carson May mobile <laughs> as well, and Marco Lennis, uh supposedly ran a four five eight forty. Now granted that was hand timed. So that could be anywhere from a, a four five to a four seven five, but regardless, that's faster than Spencer and more mobile than what we've seen. Um, he likes to emulate his game after bad big. So that's a, a long winded way of saying it makes sense if they try to move towards a mobile quarterback. Now Brian Ferren said, uh, we are not we have we made a quarterback decision. We are not announcing it yet. And we also don't care how this impacts us long term. <laughs> that is Weird to say, right? I mean, uh, so if you had to predict who is starting under center and who do you think starting under center next year then?
1: <laughs> I, anybody's guess is as good as mine right now. I mean, I, I do think Spencer Petras gets the start, but I think it's a quick hook if if he's not effective in the passing game. Um, I think Alex Padilla is the guy next year, and I think one of them is in the transfer portal by January 5th um you know i hate to say that but i think that's the nature of the beast now and, and so i think padilla is going to be the guy moving forward i think he's shown flashes i think you give him a full spring and a, and a full camp as the qb1 and maybe not competing quite as much and maybe Lavis comes in and, and changes turn some heads i mean chad leistakow wrote about that earlier this week i believe it was chad um and so it's it's really interesting to see this dynamic but this belief that you're not going to name a quarterback we don't care how it affects like bro, you're saying all the wrong things. right now. Yeah. And uh, I really hope it doesn't hurt them. But I, again, I think you got to get into the RPO. You've got guys like Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson who are just too dynamic not to get the ball too quickly. I love what you mentioned about the end around something we hadn't seen a lot of. Um, you know, you saw a little bit with Amir Smith-Marset dating back to the holiday bowl in 2019. Mm-hmm. And it's this realization that we got to get the ball faster to our dynamic playmakers. And, um, this game you've got to do the same I think Gavin Williams can be a good running back and I think Kev- Ivory Kelly Martin can be too but are they a Tyler Goodson dynamic probably not yet so who is it Erlen Bruce Keegan Johnson um you know I, I look forward to seeing what Brody Breck does next year too I mean you're going to have some length and size
0: yeah it's going to be really interesting but yeah you're absolutely right I mean what what Brian Ferris i mean just kind of saying all the wrong things <laughs> um I don't know why you don't name a quarterback that, that he he says we're not gonna we're not we already know who the quarterback is. We're not gonna say it out loud, but it also doesn't impact the game plan. And even Kentucky's defensive coordinator was like it really doesn't change how we're game planning. Uh, I mean Alex Padilla is able to get out of the pocket, but we haven't seen him really run a ton to the point where you have to be worried about it like a Will Levis. Um yeah. I would agree though, I, I would be shocked if we see both Spencer and Alex coming back next year. I would be just Truly flabbergasted. I know Kirk has been trying to play that down a lot, but it's the nature of the game. You cannot have a 13, 14 game starter and a kid who is a two or three game starter, who, in my opinion, even if he's neck and neck with Spencer seemingly gets the shaft on what the calls are. uh, One of those guys is probably going to go. I do think it's interesting. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, There's a lot of Iowa fans out there who are very either pro Spencer or pro Alex and the arguments um, you know, when you use statistics arguments are always flawed in whatever direction you want to use them in with, with Alex, I don't feel like people are giving him the benefit of the doubt in terms of games played. He's at the exact same point. Spencer was last year and three games in everyone's like, but he's only played three games. Give him a full season, give him six games, give him eight games with Alex. Like we've seen him play three games. It's not, it's all been bad. I'm like, I don't, I don't, what? So any, any thought yeah. on that? It just, it seems weird to kind of jump the gun on that.
1: Well, I, again, I mean, you're dealing with 18 to 22 year old kids as coaches will say, and and it, it shakes some of their ego or some of their confidence. And so if you're an Alex Padilla and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm getting the start because Spencer's not good to go. And then all of a sudden, and you think you play a pretty solid game and then like, well, Spencer's our guy. And it's like, well, what, what do I have to do then to break through this? Like, He's going to lack confidence and and it's going to shake him a little bit. And and again, if you're working out with the twos instead of the ones, your timing is going to look different. All of that chemistry is very different. And so, you know, I think that's where you maybe see Alex Padilla has the leg up with some of those freshman guys versus some of the, you know, Reganis of the world or Charlie Jones of the world where, you know, Spencer's probably got a little bit more of that with the LaPortas and whatnot, because he's working out with them on a daily basis. So if you give Alex Padilla those same reps, I think in time, he has a little bit more zip on the ball. I think he's better in those short, quick routes. Um, we haven't seen him on load one or on cork one accurately, but I mean, I can't imagine it's any worse than what we saw with Nate Stanley over the years with deep passes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know what's holding this Iowa staff back.
0: Yeah, it's it's super, It's super. so bizarre to me. Um, so kind of changing a little bit of directions, uh, the offensive line, um, I want to talk about uh, a second string guy. So the offensive line, we're going to go into a, basically the same offensive line we've had. Although I saw that Cody ink. In, in, sorry excuse me was the the guard for the number one or the ones um is Kyler shot okay I haven't heard anything about Kyler shot there's been no information is he healthy and, and fine I haven't heard anything
1: so again we'll kind of find out more of that they these coaches play stuff so close to their chest right now especially with the COVID world so I'm sorry I don't really have a ton of insight on what's going to happen with the offensive line and, and shot but um I'd assume if he's healthy enough to go he's going to give it a go but um I mean here we go Iowa depth at line. We'll find out what it's about. This has probably been the worst year as far as that goes for the Hawkeyes. And so uh, that'd be a concern if he's not.
0: Yeah. And um, I I think the other person I want to talk about is David Davikoff, a guy who is um, practicing with the twos right now. And you look at, as you kind of talked about the worst, one of the worst offensive lines we've seen in Iowa for a long time. Um, We've seen Jack Plum get two years of starter reps, and I have not been impressed. Nick DeYoung has not been impressive. I think Mason Richmond. Um, has had enough impressive moments and given his age to say you go forward with him as the left tackle. Um, Could we see David – I mean, I think probably David Davikoff would be the right tackle going into next year um, after spring ball. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree. you got to remember he didn't have a high school season uh, his senior year, and so that probably set him back coming in. You know, you don't get those reps. You don't get that growth. um, And you're doing a lot of catching up. And so I think right now would be a good time to see where he's at. Um, I definitely get him some reps this week against Kentucky. I don't see anything wrong with it. I, it's not going to be much of a drop off if any uh, from what we've seen from that offensive line on that side of the ball. And so I think, you know, he should be the front runner next year. He's one of those highly touted guys on that line that came in. And sometimes you just need those freshmen to thicken up a little bit, get a little bit stronger and, and get used to you're dealing with dudes on the defensive side of the ball. Now, unlike what you had probably in high school week week.
0: Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I mean, this is a pretty weak offensive line. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, I would be just so shocked to see him return. I know he loves the Hawks, but there's just <laughs> there's just no – you have so much money on the table. You have to take it. He's gotten his degree. Like, you got to go. You got to yeah. go get it. But outside of him, this offensive line could be pretty stout in two years. When you're looking at a Mason Richmond who would be a redshirt junior at the time, uh, mm-hmm. Connor Colby would be a true junior, David David be a redshirt sophomore. Um, that's pretty darn impressive for an offensive line. So definitely some, some hope there in the future. Um, on the note of opt outs and, and guys going to the NFL, have you heard anything else about, it sounds like Riley Moss probably going to the NFL. Uh, Charlie mm-hmm. Jones is someone that we're all kind of waiting on pins and needles about. Yeah. Um, any, any word on any of that from the guys down in Orlando? All right, y'all, one more pause before we wrap up with Jonathan. I hope you are enjoying the conversation as much as I did. Uh, Really fantastic guy to talk to. But I do want to tell you about Built Bar because it is the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy, or tastes like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where is the chocolate? Well, don't worry. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Here's the general breakout of most built Bars, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 gram or net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and not a ton of protein. So here's an idea. Go to your secret stash of treats, throw them out, grab yourself some built bars, and get yourself healthy as you head into the year 2022. And right now, we have a great offer for you by going to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L O C K E D 1 5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's right. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com.
1: You know, just talking with some of the the ties, I think Riley Moss has gone after this year for sure. Um, Charlie Jones hasn't led us one way or the other, so we'll see. I, I I think you know they do a good job of focusing on the bowl game, getting through it. They want this, they want to enjoy this last week, and then they'll worry about the next level and what's calling their name for next year. I think the other interesting one will be Jack Kerner. You know, I think Kerner's got uh, with with X coming in next year. You're going to have some competition there, regardless of, of seniority and. Um, Kerner's certainly earned the right for that, but I also think he's turned some heads at, at what he's capable of as a walk-on and and what he can build into. So we'll see what shakes out. I don't see Jack Kerner coming back next year. I think he should be moving on from what I've talked to him about. But you never know what these guys they might want one more go at it, you know, might want to be doctors. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Jack's always <laughs> been an interesting one for me. I've I've honestly just kind of assumed he's gone. I mean, he went out for a senior day. Um, he's played several years. To yeah. me, it's one of those, what more can you accomplish and show on film and tape? Um, mm-hmm. And it has to go back to, like, it, unless you just really want to be a Hawkeye. I think Tyler Lindenbaum saying, what more can you show? Riley yeah. Moss was kind of an interesting one until he said, I'm leading NFL. My my leg's 100% healthy. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I am not a doctor. I don't know how these things work. But if you feel 100% healthy and you can run, then – that negates any concern I had about you going pro. So definitely interesting there. Um, what are your thoughts on this game, and how do you handle, like, a, a Wandell Robinson? I mean, we've seen him play at Nebraska. We've seen Will Levis scramble. Um, what's Iowa going to do differently that, you know, maybe they didn't do against David Bell?
1: I, I Great question. Let's hope that they maybe put somebody deeper over the top. I, I just think this safety group cannot afford to be burned the way they were all week, and you're probably looking at a couple double teams, um, that kind of stuff but I was a bit stubborn on defense too. They sit there and say, we're going to do what we do. Good luck beating us. And David Bell beat them how many times. And so I think, you know, they've seen Will Levis. They know what Will Levis is, uh, you know, Penn state years. And so they've got enough on him. Um, I just think it's, it's on that front four to make him uncomfortable. Like that's, that's the whole thing. Purdue had time to throw the ball all day in that game and there just was no pressure. And, and that's been so atypical of Iowa over these years. And so I really hope that if they can apply pressure, I think you throw off the timing on a lot of that stuff. But you gotta keep safeties a little bit higher. You know, that's the big thing. You can't have Merriweather get the beat on a weak side or Jack, you know, underneath on that coverage, it's just not gonna work. So you gotta read eyes better and, and really take care of your top half.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned the pass rush. Uh, I don't think that's going to improve anytime uh this year, which is unfortunate. So I was thinking maybe we're probably going to see some more linebacker blitzes as well, put a little bit more yep. pressure on Will Levis to get the ball out, especially with Will Levis being still a bit turnover prone. He has 12 interceptions this year. It uh, could yep. be an opportunity for Iowa to thrive in that in that scenario. Um, Kayvon Merriweather, I, I heard hurt his hand earlier in the week, but it seems like yep. he's healthy. I mean, he's been on uh, – Twitter had top golf and hitting golf. I cannot imagine he's injured and in doing that. Um, any word on the injuries or oh, Terry Roberts also wasn't practicing. Is there, do we know anything else about injuries for this team?
1: Haven't, haven't heard any more on Terry Roberts. Uh, Merriweather looked like he was fine. He was trying to find his kid today at the fun spot. Uh, so he, they get paired up with a kid and apparently he lost his kid. Uh, so he's looking for him, but yeah, he's running around. and It looked like his hand was okay from what I heard. Uh, so some funny stuff there, but. Um, no, I think injury-wise, everyone seems pretty healthy right now. I, you know, having that month after the the Big Ten Championship really does help. And I don't think these Sabs push their players too hard through here. They they appreciate the practices and getting some of young guys reps. But, you know, no one's walking around Universal Studios for two days or anything like that, where they're gonna cause any more drama.
0: Yeah. How how has the vibe been for the team? Um, obviously, these things are fun, but uh, yeah, it's tough coming back from that game against Michigan, how has the vibe been?
1: I mean, pretty lighthearted from what I've seen. You know, the team seems ready to go, eager for another game. You know, they, I think they all embrace the fact that they get this game uh, added to the docket. It's a long season, but a little bit of a payoff being down here in Florida. You got guys from this area who are going to embrace that, too. And so I think, you know, it's been pretty easygoing, pretty excited for the opportunity. And, and you know, Kirk Ferentz is excited to, to go up against Mark Stoops, too. I mean, in, in all rights, could be the next coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes someday if you really look at who's out there.
0: Yeah, I've actually uh, talked about that several times. That Mark Soup's a little bit younger, um, kind of depends on what direction you want to go. But what a nice transition! Uh, you see what his brother Bob is doing at Oklahoma with what Gary. I mean, uh, just the Soup brothers are just awesome. It'd be really cool yeah. to see uh, them ultimately come back to Iowa. Uh, I would not like to see Brett Bielema come back to Iowa, but uh, you know some other Hawkeye legacies for sure.
1: I don't know if it'd go over while jumping Illinois to Iowa. We might have to put up a wall on that. Border of the Mississippi there, so.
0: Oh, I think people would riot. It'd be it'd be bad, man. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. go from Wisconsin, Illinois, and then you come to Iowa. Just uh feels a little little treacherous there. Yeah. Um, any last things you want to call out about this upcoming game uh, when people are listening to this tomorrow?
1: Yeah, I think uh you know, I think Iowa. This is going to be one of those where take the under. I know this isn't a betting pod, but I mean this one. You extreme- talk about it, though. Yeah, I know. It screams under right now, doesn't it? Like 44 points just seems like this defense is probably going to come up with a couple of interceptions. Iowa has been stagnant offensively, but really watch these young freshman wide receivers. I think this is going to be a chance for them to shine a little bit. I think you're going to get a glimpse into the future of what they are truly capable of. Um, And I I think you've got to look at look at Brian France with a critical eye this week. You know, you can't be in the same rhythm constantly, um, but I hope he gets creative just in the slightest bit to give us an inkling of what could be
0: coming. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him. And that, that was, I think what's frustrating when we, the big 10 championship game, I thought Brian Ferens does show up in some of those big bowl games, like against, I yeah. uh, think about back to the holiday bowl versus USC. I mean, the stuff they were pulling out, I was like, this is pretty impressive, buddy. Yeah. All right, you do you uh, Michigan. I mean, uh, the play calling was on fire. The scripted plays were just to perfection. Um, yeah. I would, gets hurt at is when those scripted plays don't result in touchdowns they look good they don't result in touchdowns and then the other teams figure out what's going on and Iowa doesn't have a lead yet and then Iowa now is in a tough spot because I mean that's what Michigan did against them the first time but it would be interesting to see how Brian Ferentz comes out in this game I would love to see him get Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson a bit more involved even more so I think Arlen Bruce would be a dynamic back in the backfield as well if you do Mm -hmm. some sort of weird uh, you know some sort of like not triple option, but, you know, wing T-type option with Arlen right. back there. Uh, he's throwing the ball before, too. So it would be interesting to see some interesting trickery come up there. What is your prediction, then, for the score?
1: Give me, like, a 20-17 to 17 final. I think you're going to get a few field goals in it. Like, I mean, shoot, I said it with the Iowa State game yesterday. I'll, I might say it with Kentucky. This could be, like, a 15-12-8 field goal kind of game, you know. Like, you just – I, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of offensive touchdowns. Um, so I, I, give me 20 to 17. I think the Hawkeyes do win this one. I think it's close, but I think they win it.
0: Yeah, I actually predicted 21 to 17 yesterday. So <laughs> we are right on the same page. Uh, I, yeah, I love it. I think Iowa's <laughs> defense will be able to shut down Kentucky after Kentucky scores a touchdown on the first drive which I'm already just going to call it. They're going to probably score the very first drive and then Iowa was going to buckle up and not allow hardly anything else. The rest of the game, uh, Jonathan yep. it has been a blast talking to you the last couple of weeks. Uh, where can folks find you at,
1: you know, keep uh, following me on Twitter at J Schaefer under J underscore Schaefer W O I. That's my hotspot there. And uh, you know, working on a lot of fun stuff. We'll have you covered on we are to the rest of the week. We've got an hour long special that'll be airing on the, on our website too, leading up to the game on Saturday. So, We'll recap the week that was, talk about this matchup. Colin Cahill's out here, my weekend sports anchor. Uh, he's been following the Hawkeyes just as hard, so we've got a lot of great insight and uh, some things uh, up our sleeves for you.
0: Love, man. Super excited. I'll be checking that out on Saturday. Have a fantastic time in Florida, man. It is uh, hopefully not going to kill you too much with the heat and the humidity. <laughs> uh, it should be a good game, though, on Saturday. and Definitely enjoy your travel back to Orlando. That will – or back from Orlando with the uh, all the New Year's travel. That will be – yeah. Gosh, terrible um that will do it for our show today though i do appreciate you all tuning into today's episode of the lockdown hawkeyes podcast as jonathan was saying he gave you some betting advice on the iowa hawkeyes versus kentucky game i already gave you some of that same similar advice yesterday if you want more advice check out the lockdown bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling of the paramount sports they drop three to four games you can bet on at betonline.ag and that'll do it for our show today have a fantastic friday and even better weekend a safe new year and as always hawkeye nation let's go hawks